0: Welcome to The New Ugly, the podcast about Nerine. I'm Mike, and I'm here with my co-host, Ben. What's up, Ben? Yo, how you doin', doing? I realized when I was editing last week that we're missing something in our podcast. You know what that is? Our music? People who aren't us. Because I got really sick of listening to us, and I bet other people got sick of listening to us, too.
1: I have always felt that way about our show.
0: So we have a special guest today, Cybronica. Is Ooh-hoo. your real name Cybronica?
2: It is legally on my uh, birth certificate. No, it's not. <laughs>
0: oh. <laughs> that would be a cool name, though. Yeah. So, so, know, that's why I chose so it. So what yeah. is your real name?
2: My real name is Abigail. Abigail. That's my real name. Don't call me Abby.
0: I was about to ask, because I do things like that all the time. So <laughs> Abigail. And you're part of Mandibles? Correct. Where do you live?
2: I live in the great state of Pennsylvania. Great is a relative term. Uh, <laughs> been living here for a little over a year at this point, about a year and a half.
0: I know a lot of good people from Pennsylvania. Yeah. Uh, most of them left, but I know a lot of good people from <laughs> Pennsylvania. Yeah. Yeah, my wife's from there. She <laughs> also left. So, so uh, you submit to Nur under the name Mandibles, and... Uh, and so how'd you get started in neurine? and what is a mandible, aside from a, a jaw? It's a jaw, right?
2: Correct. Yeah, so how did I get started in neurine? Well, it goes a long way back, like five years ago, five or six years ago at this point. Um, I went to school uh, for music and had a friend with a church job, and that friend with a church job had a friend in that church job who is truth. Uh, And I met truth through this friend. Um, Actually, that friend is Estephonia. So that's the third member of Mandibles.
0: Oh, you've got three members?
2: I know. It's very confusing. There's a whole long story.
0: Wow. Are you like Berkeley social scene of Pennsylvania?
2: (laughs) I guess so. Maybe. Rotate
0: people in, burn them out, rotate them out.
2: That actually has happened. So, yeah, I guess so.
0: complain about them behind their backs. Not that any of the Berkeley social scene people have done that to me.
2: Look, I'm just going to say if the pump, the brakes from last year showed anything, we're really bad at the whole shit talking people.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Is that, is that because your members met at a church?
2: I wouldn't say it's because, but it might be related. I mean, I can't speak for the other two members of the uh, band, but for me, like as a singer, uh, one who trained professionally, um, Church jobs are just part of a way to make money uh, and put a generally useless degree to use. So that's how I met Truth. Mandibles is defined by me and Truth, as far as I can tell. We've had a couple of different members shift in and out, but we're always at the core of it. If I submit by myself, it's just Ibronica.
0: Oh, is is Truth his real name?
2: Can I confirm? No, no, it's not.
0: Because <laughs> it sounds funny when you say, oh, it's just me and the Truth.
2: I know. I think that's why he chose that name all those years ago.
0: So you were a student of music. What does that entail?
2: It entails a lot of taking language lessons for languages that you never become fluent in, but you take enough of the language to get like basic vocabulary. And you also take separate diction classes, which are exclusively how to pronounce that language without actually knowing what everything means. So taking a lot of that kind of stuff, taking a lot of literature courses um, for music literature. I specifically studied opera, so learning a lot of old-timey singing technique and a lot of opera literature, as well as a lot of songs from bygone eras.
0: Is that like a sub-degree?
2: I would call it like a concentration. So it's a Bachelor of Music focus in vocal performance.
0: There's a Bachelor of Music?
2: Yeah, so fun fact, in my undergrad... Uh when I was at my graduation, they had all of the Bachelor of Sciences stand up, which was about half the crowd. And then all of the Bachelor of Arts stand up, which was the other half of the crowd. And then they had all the Bachelor of Music stand up, which was five people.
0: Wow. I would think it'd be lumped in with arts.
2: You know, there's sort of two different levels. There's the Bachelor of Arts in music, and then there's the Bachelor of Music in performing, teaching, what have you.
1: Okay, like a post-grad specialty of an undergrad degree, kind of?
2: It's mainly an uncommon full degree. In the same way, there's also the master of music, but like once you get to the master's levels, they get a little bit more diverse.
0: Your specialty was opera. Why is that?
2: When I was in high school, I had a voice teacher who said, oh, you could never do musical theater. You'd always play the friend. So why don't you go into opera?
0: Ouch. Okay.
2: Yeah. I enjoy opera. I enjoy singing it. I enjoy performing with other people. But for me, it's just like music is the main thing. So whatever form I am permitted to sing in, I will do that.
0: So do you sing opera at church?
2: Not usually. Mostly it's church music. A lot of the old timey classical composers did a lot of church music because that's who was paying again.
0: Does that mean you know ecclesiastical Latin?
2: Yes. Yes, I do.
0: That's awesome. I had to edit that out of the last podcast because it was just too long. But I have now dropped ecclesiastical Latin twice. Very nice. So you learn some of those old um what is what what's an example of one of those?
2: So Handel's Messiah, which is where the Alleluia Chorus comes from, is a prime example of classical um, uh,
0: Alleluia, Alleluia. Okay.
2: That is a classic example of church music. He wrote it, um, I think, when he was in England. Yeah, because it's in English, and he didn't write any English stuff until he moved to England. But back during the Baroque era, like 400 years ago, still commonly sung.
0: So you're part of a choir with that?
2: I've been part of choirs on and off. um, Just before the pandemic hit, I actually left my previous choir job because they ran out of money to pay their choir. And I like to get paid to go to church. That's just the kind of person I am.
0: <laughs> Gotta make ends meet. All right. So, how did you find out about Nurine?
2: So, like I said, I'm at Truth. Um, and he and he mentioned Nurine when I was still in grad school. And I um, was intrigued by it. I ended up as part of one of my uh, electroacoustic music theory classes. I entered Nurine back, I wanna say in 11 11. made some really Bad songs. Yep. I did
0: notice there's a Cybronica in the archives as the um, Ner-Ein secretary, I guess.
2: <laughs> yeah, so that was back when... I didn't know that the boards existed. I only knew about the Ner-Ein website itself. So, like, I didn't catch on that you had to name the song the title. And <laughs> that they were like... Oh, you
0: don't. Well, you kind of do. But, yeah. I mean... It depends. it depends on the judges.
2: In any case, I got out in round one. But then two years later, I got a job at the same church as Estefania and Truth. And at the end of my year there, I said to Truth, "Hey, we should do Nerine together." And then we did. And here we are 3 years later doing it again. So,
0: so you did not find Songfight proper first. You found Correct. Nerine first. That is insane to me, but that's fine. <laughs> you, you know, we all come from different places. What do you find appealing about competing in it?
2: complete and total lack of judgment. I say that with a caveat because I know we're all constantly being judged, (laughs) but a lot of my musical history has been tied up in, if you're not absolutely perfect, you're not worth anything. And I love how this community is just, hey, you know, you could be working on this. Um, I really like what you did there. I think that that was a really cool idea that you could have fleshed out better. Um, and I just really like how everybody's literally just here because they enjoy making music and they enjoy sharing it with other people and they enjoy having other people's music shared with them.
0: Now I need to find which neurine that is.
2: What the first mandibles or the are the?
0: No, no, the first cybronica.
2: I think it was eleven.
0: That's adorable, eleven. If anybody wants to check it out,
2: please don't. Please don't.
0: <laughs> that was that was my best neurine. So kind of going downhill since then. <laughs> do you write music outside of, of Narayan and contests? and?
2: I do. I Throughout my vocal performance learning, I also just took theory and composition classes because I enjoyed it. I tried to double concentrate, but bureaucracy said I couldn't. So I just continued to write music. Last year, I wrote a 15-minute two-person opera, which uh, was premiered in Philadelphia, which is really cool. I wrote a bunch of chamber music for string quartet and quintet that was performed last November. Like I said before, I care more about making music than making a specific genre of music.
0: All right, Ben, I know you have a lot of questions about the music now. Um, When do I get my heavy
1: metal song by Mandibles that I constantly ask for? When does that happen?
2: I mean, trial by fire. I mean, This Is Fine has pretty metal amounts. Uh, shock value from last year, I would say, is pretty metal. We we flirt with metal. We don't do the screaming thing. I personally gravitate more towards symphonic metal, like, you know, Nightwish, Swedish metal band kind of aesthetic, just because that's what my voice is trained to do. Um, Our, the first time we won Song Fight was Is This Real Life, had sort of a, Dramatic metal opera, rock opera feel to it as well.
1: Okay, so I have to go back through things that I don't remember, and also explore Song Fight. That is exciting.
0: Um, this is what I want. Is this real life? What neurine was that?
2: Oh, that was in Song Fight. Oh, okay. It was just before last year's. I sang a bit of Queen of the Night in that one. I know.
1: So you have the the three of you who do the music. I guess my sort of question is like where do you fit in on the writing and producing aspect
2: yeah so we sort of take turns in terms of who is we call it the songs are which is something that truth picked up from i want to say the rolling stones maybe it was the Beatles. i cannot remember
0: you're sure it wasn't obama (laughs) yeah here go home (laughs) i mean that was that was a thing right i don't know yeah whatever
2: But basically, whoever's idea for the song it was is in charge and gets to have final say in certain decision-making aspects. Um, Generally, Truth and I kind of trade back and forth between who his songs are. I've been a little bit heavier on it during the Nir Eines, mainly because he's split between Mandibles and Cave Dwellers. But like, for example, Rear Window, that was almost all Truth. Um, I didn't even sing on that one. Uh, but I usually do the mixing at this point. When we first started out, we had a, another band member who's no longer part of the band who would do mixing. But I've been, in the last year and a half, really doing most of the mixing and producing. And I'd like to think that it's been getting better. <laughs> Practice makes permanent, for sure.
0: That's what we like to see as improvement, and I, I've definitely noticed it. I mean, I think you're already at the top, so I can't, I don't know. It already sounds good to me. Um, But does that mean all three of you
1: are able to do the entire thing, like write, produce, mix, et cetera, et cetera?
2: So Estefonia, um, like I said, she was in grad school with me. So she is also a classically trained opera singer. Um, And she has done less composing in her life. So it's a lot newer for her. She does a lot in terms of, Coming up with concepts, coming up with lyric ideas, saying, yeah, that sounds really bad. Let's change it. Um, she comes up with these really cool licks on her ukulele.
0: That's a useful person to have around. Yeah. I could use a person like that.
2: As we've been going along, she's also been really improving on her songwriting skills. It's actually, Estefania. I know you're listening. It's been a joy to watch her turn into a songwriter, which I think is wonderful.
0: I'm waiting for the day Ben turns into a songwriter. Man, you gotta give me a few
1: years, cause I am at best an amateur singer, and that's it. That's all I got. I can't do
0: anything else. So Ben is actually a fantastic singer, not to derail the conversation. He owns a karaoke audience.
1: Oh, that's nice of you. Anyway, but well, it's not about me. We're at we're at Cybernica, But at the same time, I also don't know if I have any other questions. Mainly because I I'm just floored that I don't know. I'm just so happy you're <laughs> here. I'm so excited. Um I mean, I think I've said it before. Out loud that mandibles is one of my favorites for sure in Ryan every year.
2: You're also one of the few people who has ever seen us in concert. It was after our first near Ryan at the end of the summer.
1: Oh, it was a good show. I remember that. Terrible beer. But good show. <laughs> Those are the things I remember in life. So. Abigail, did you want anything else to talk about?
2: We covered just about everything. I'm just delighted you're such a fan.
1: The opera voice is what gets me every time. I love your voice and your voice quality. Um
2: Aww. I'm really glad to hear that because it is a very polarizing voice on the board.
1: <laughs> I mean, opera is a choice. It's a bold choice, uh, but I think it, it mostly
0: pays off. Could you turn down the vibrato if you wanted to? Oh,
2: my God. I sing with so little vibrato on some of my songs. <laughs> okay. <laughs> this is it turned down.
0: <laughs> oh, I see what you're saying. Okay.
2: I keep getting kicked out of church choirs because they like straight tone like little British boys.
0: That sounds like a church choir. All right, let's get into the song stuff. Thank you for sharing all that pers- deeply, deeply personal information. Um, I'm trying to put a human face on, on the contest. Just a little bit. Just a smidge. So, moving on to round four of Nur Ein carte blanche. The challenge is Bond theme. Ben, since you are responsible for that, personally responsible for that as a judge, what did you expect out of this? I very
1: much expect the opening theme song
0: to a Bond movie. So carte blanche,
1: I don't know if we picked this knowing it was already a Bond book or not. I didn't know that actually until somebody pointed out that this is an existing Bond book, but there's no movie named carte blanche. So we were just kind of thinking of cool titles that might be a Bond movie, and lo and behold, we hit one. But I definitely want that opening theme song. You know, we've had in the recent years, Chris Cornell, Adele. In earlier years, I know there's a Madonna one, there's Duran Duran. That iconic opening theme crawl with the weird background images. And a lot of women just kind of dancing around for some reason. I don't get it. But also the scope zoom on the gun and he like turns and shoots into the scope thing.
0: So you wanted us to produce a video is what you're saying?
1: I basically wanted that. Yes.
0: You know how music works, right? No, I don't. (laughs) I am an amateur doesn't count. Abigail, what did you take away from this title and challenge?
2: I took away that they wanted us to write what would be the theme song for a Bond movie.
0: Did you have dancing girls though?
2: They don't always have dancing girls.
0: I mean, that's okay. It's an optional feature. The thing I found weird about this is that most Bond songs suck and are not memorable other than being Bond songs. So why would you want 20 Bond songs? I mean, I disagree with that sentence. But I know you're not alone, so it's fine. It's very
1: much a song that's tied to the movie. Like every Bond theme, I don't know if I'd ever listen to a Bond theme outside of I know I want a Bond theme, but when I want a Bond theme, I want a Bond theme. And
2: but I mean, like Skyfall is very popular outside of Bond, but it's like also very tied into being part of that movie.
0: Ben, did you expect it to actually be about a movie named Carte Blanche? I expected to get that thematic feel. Um... Which I feel
1: like, like half-rock contestants definitely did, and I think most-rock contestants, you know, were going for.
0: How was the title supposed to fit in here? It
1: was just a title. So, like I said, we just made up a Bond title. It just happened to be a real So, bond it title.
0: had to be a Bond, like, you were making a theme song for the movie Carte Blanche, is what you're saying.
1: In my mind, that is what I wanted, yes, absolutely. All right. Um, I don't know, I can't say every judge wants that. Um, I think that was the general idea, and as Abigail... Also said, I feel indicated with that. You know,
0: that's what we wanted. Do we have anything else to say? Can we start now?
2: I think we can start now. <laughs>
0: I think we're good. Let's start at the top Balance Lost.
1: So. Here we go with Balance Lost, first entry. So in my mind, there are five distinct pieces to this song, five distinct things that are happening. We open with a Bond quote from some Bond movie that I don't know because I don't watch that many Bond movies. and It's an older one, though, I know for sure. And then we have, I think, three different musical styles. We have what I'm going to call classic Bond theme, followed up by transition into modern Bond theme and transition into a Balance Lost song which I think that, to me, we lose a little bit of the Bond theme when we transition to a balance-loss song, but I think it's more of a balance-loss comfort here, which is fine. And then we end with a Jason Statham quote who's never been in a Bond, but I think people have said he should be a Bond before, so I'm not sure if that's asking for Jason Statham to be Bond. I'd be fine with that. Abigail, should
0: Jason Statham be Bond?
2: I'm going to confess something. I cannot bring his face to mind.
0: I guess the answer is no, because if he doesn't have a memorable face...
2: If you want a bellwether... I thought that Daniel Craig was a poor choice. Not for his acting ability. I just didn't think he looked very Bond-like.
0: Is it because he didn't have a hairy chest like Pierce Brosnan? No, it's because he doesn't have hair because he's like 80. (laughs) Well, there's, there's a truth bomb.
2: I don't know. Blonde Bond is weird to me.
0: I suppose so, especially if he ends up fighting against the Germans. But what did you think of this song, Abigail? I
2: thought it was pretty good. It felt unfinished to me. I have my notes that it has a very long intro, but that's kind of stylistic to Bond, but then it ends at like, what is it? Two minutes? Which to have a 30 to 45 second intro and then end a minute later when you cut off the fact that it has speaking bits at the beginning and end, it felt very unbalanced. I put in my notes that what they should have done is have a solo break underneath that speaking part and then do the chorus again. I'm sorry, Balance Lost, I just...
1: Did, did you use... You... I mean, one, one could even say that the balance was lost.
0: Did you say unbalanced on purpose?
2: I did that, but I pun almost constantly.
0: All right. You know, it, it, it reminds me of a Pink Panther song.
2: Yeah, I could see that.
0: Yeah, that that uh that classic intro piece, for sure. I like the swing. The guitar works nice. has a pretty rough start, in my opinion. But uh, yeah, then it turns into a Balance Lost song. Actually, the, the the beginning two
1: parts are better. It's sort of like in Disservice, I feel like setting it up with a classical theme. And by classical, I mean Bond classic. I actually really like that piece, but I feel like it goes on just a little too long. And therefore, when we change out of it, it feels a little abrupt. And it kind of like, it just jolts me a little bit. I think Abigail, you're right. The fact that it's so short, I don't have a good time to sit into it and like get into that groove. And I agree with the feels incomplete bit.
0: Just needs like a little. A lot of these songs did. polishing
1: on the on the connection pieces. I mean that's always true. Yeah. it's a really rough week, by the way. I mean like been a god awful week for everyone.
0: All right, let's move on.
1: Into so we're moving on to Kate.
0: I really
2: like this song. I am often a big fan of Cave Dwellers songs, but after having had only our song, the Mandible song, in my head for a week, listening to Balance Lost and then to the Cave Dwellers, like I immediately sent Truth a text. I was like, "Holy shit, you did it!" So oh, can I swear on this podcast?
1: Absolutely, excellent. Yeah.
2: Holy shit, that is Bond, is what I think I sent him. But it felt very Bond-like to me. Like it's definitely very Cave Dwellers, but in the way that each. Bond theme is in the style of whichever artist is doing it, this felt like Cave Dwellers does Bond. Um, I really liked their horns. I thought that they sounded really great. I loved how that at the very beginning they had those two guitar sounds panned really wide in your ears and then Truth comes in and just his voice is right in the middle of the panning and just sort of floats above the guitars. I loved the vocal delivery just in the whole thing. It felt like there was a lot of passion in the voice which like sometimes some weeks there isn't and this happens in a lot of bands like sometimes you don't always get as much vocal energy into your song but this had that vocal energy That's which I loved.
0: Wow. Showing me up here. Geez. <laughs> I love the instrumentation in this. I will just say flat out I think this is my favorite this week probably because I'm a sucker for for whatever <laughs> whatever you want to call this. Is it is it funk? Is it what do you I think it's called Bond theme it just is. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean the instrumentation is done perfectly well in my opinion. I will second the brass, the horns are just amazing. The guitar tone is definitely much better than any other Cave Dweller's song I can remember in recent memory. And the riffs are just really awesome and full of energy. I'm not sure what that percussive sound is going on that gives it a marching feel But I I really like that too. Kind of feels like a Cake song at points with the with the brass and the guitar tone. I will say that, and I like. I, cake. I'm
2: sorry, a Cake song?
0: Yeah, yeah. I think it's the I think it's the
1: the vocal stylings there. That are no, no,
0: no, no. It's the combination of the guitar with the with the horn, like an instrumental part of a, a Cake song. I suppose I could see that maybe. I'm
2: sorry. Can we just establish Cake is a band?
0: Oh
1: yeah, okay. Cake is a band uh, f- that sings. They do have a lot of horns.
0: They have a trumpet player. They don't have a lot of horns, Ben.
1: <laughs> they have a lot of horns. I mean, that's it's a lot of a lot of horn. Excuse my plurality.
2: <laughs> An infinite number more of horns, sure. you know, compared to zero.
1: It's a million percent more.
0: Infinity percent more. You genuinely are not familiar with Cake.
2: I am very bad at knowing bands. I okay. spent. The first 20 years of my life poo-pooing popular music.
0: It's okay. I don't think Cake was ever that popular. Point and counterpoint. Yep. Anyway, the weak part for me, which made me laugh, is uh, the, the, the vocals just feel too nice for this song. It, they're a little rougher at the beginning. That's, fu- that's fine. You have a couple of sour notes. Whatever. They're not aggressive enough. I want aggressive vocals with this. What do you think, Ben?
1: So I I'm still pretty rough on the listens, and I definitely have to do, do another day to get my official ranking to him. But I think this is going to end up in one of my top five, mainly for the reasons we've all said. Love these instruments, love those brass notes, like they're they're really good. Uh, I have the same struggle with the vocal delivery. I do. I also want like I feel like, and the problem is, and this is this is me a a me thing, but I'm every single song in this round I'm sort of like measuring against aretha franklin for some reason which i think she did one
0: um i hate you so much right now
1: <laughs> and i just want this really super super strong emotional vocal performance from every single person and i that's not fair because no that's not fair that's no one can do aretha let's be honest that's not fair so i, I know i have to like adjust for that and then i'll get there i'll get there but i do love this song though i think it's pretty good i get it nails it nails the the challenge pretty much on the head
2: all right next up We have Frankie Big Face. I did a Franklin do one. Oh, my God, I feel like that happened. don't think she did. Bleeding hearts lack premonition, stoke the fires of false perdition.
0: Don your navy overcoat and dye your blues pitch black. Nothing trumps the stated mission. That was Frankie Big Face. Honestly, his face ain't that big in person. It's actually kind of small. This is another slow song by Frank. Second week in a row, we get a slow piano song. Come on, Frank, give me some energy. But it's good for what it is. It's a Frankie big face, does a Bond theme song. It's composed very well. He uses the standard Bond tone, maybe a little more than other people. I kind of feel it's almost too much in that it's almost like he took some Bond music and put his own vocals over them. Except for when he changes it up a little bit, which is a welcome change. Instrumentation, very tasteful. I also note that I'm not going to compliment the drums because he just had a machine do it for him.
1: It is a long Frankie song, for sure. Uh, and the I think the worst part of the fact that it's so long is that the best part is the last like minute and a half, I think. There, um, so we're of sort of going along. It's fine, it's good, it's just a little long. And then we get to that, that I'm, I don't know if it's a bridge, but the part where it's just the piano and the vocals, which is like, oh, we got something interesting coming. And then we like slam into some orchestral, big swooping feeling things. And I just, I love it. I think that that is the thing I always think of when I hear a bond theme. That's the uh, instrumental styles I, I want so I am I am all here for like the last minute and a half and I think if we cut out like a minute of the first half I'd be happy I
2: don't
0: know, that's my thoughts
2: So I wrote that it reminds me of Josh Groban at the very beginning Who is that? I know you making fun of me and I accept it
0: I swear I'm not making fun of you
2: Oh, well, you raise me up You raise me up Do you actually I'm not know show? who really? Josh Groban is? Like, I'll make fun of you, Mike <laughs> I'm very surprised Uh,
0: Does it seem like music I would listen to?
2: It's just wildly popular. Poppy piano bar times a thousand.
0: The world needs more of that. He's well-known for, like,
1: piano songs, and he sings. Like, he has a beautiful voice, like, a voice you could kill for. It is just gorgeous.
0: Good thing he doesn't have a license to kill. Let's move on. Sorry to interrupt you.
2: No, I was going to say, it reminds me a little bit of Josh Groban at the start. Um, It's, like, very slow jazz, has a piano bar feel. I feel like I would like it better if someone with a voice, like... Uh, Bing Crosby or Frank Sinatra was singing it like one of the old time crooners like I feel like I could get more into the song but for a while it was just kind of feeling stagnant and it I mostly marked these songs as this feels like Bond or it doesn't feel like Bond or it really feels like Bond and this one like it kind of feels like Bond like I can get the feeling for it I also really loved The Swell and as it got more and more I was expecting more and more of a catharsis and then it just cut out into that quiet voice and piano section and I was like I mean I guess this is technically a color change because all the instruments drop out but it's the same energy level as before and it's not really that cathartic and then BAM! He brings in that huge sound. I literally was halfway through it's so calm even though it's wait there we go this is Bond. The back half of the song is almost like if David Bowie did Bond to my ear (laughs) and like here's the thing I have been a obsessive Bowie fan for over a decade and never got the Frankie Big Face Bowie comparisons until two songs ago. I finally heard it, but it's it's a very specific Bowie. But like I could hear a little bit of that in this song.
0: It's the vibrato he cannot control, too.
2: I will also differ from Mike and compliment the timpani. I liked it.
0: We like when we differ with Mike, it's a good show. Summary, Frank, you should change your last name to Sinatra. All right. <laughs> Moving on, we've got John Eric. How can you
1: live with a gun in your face
0: and a mutilated world inside your eyes? How can you
2: stand anything in your
1: the Bond theme in the style of John Eric, which I know is what we're going to expect. And again, one of the songs that I love, the ending. The ending really, really goes for it, and I'm super happy with it, but we take three minutes to get there. The beginning is fine. I just want more of the ending, to be honest. I think that was the piece that really nailed it for me. He's got that growl in there. He's got these high notes. He's really wailing for it, and I love me a wailer, so you should have just done the whole thing, John. Just high notes all day. Just hold them all day. I would have loved it.
2: I disagree because I think that would have made the end less special. And the end was pretty awesome, in my opinion. And I think part of that was just like getting to hear. I have found his vocals to be interesting in a way that I have not been able to put my finger on until this round. Like there is a little twinge of Les Mis style musical theater classical sound in how he sings. And maybe it's just like I'm used to hearing that. And I definitely heard it at the end when he has that big belted high note, and then he does it in falsetto. And I noticed in the middle of the song, he also hits that note, but it is not nearly as supported. And I feel like it could have been a little bit more stable if he had supported it a little bit more. I really liked this song. I thought it was pretty bondy. It was like a slow bond that you would get rolling over the credits at the very end of the song that I could see.
0: I appreciate that you are able to say intelligent things about vocal delivery that neither of us have.
2: Hey now, I,
1: in a blue moon, will say one smart thing, but I am actually super happy.
0: I am Ben and I'm qualified because I was a karaoke host. Never,
1: (laughs) I will never admit that I'm qualified, but I'm happy that we have someone who does what I want to do and actually does it well, so.
0: My biggest problem with this song is the mix. Starting there, the vocals are really hot and they exaggerate all of the things I don't like in the vocal delivery but it seems you guys love the styling so that's just me. And you're wrong so it's fine. It's
2: fine. When I say something is like classically informed I don't mean that it's like better than other styles of singing. It's just like a technique style that I am noticing.
0: Of course, let's drill in. What do you mean by technique? Because I, I knew you weren't talking about tone, but can you predict John Eric's childhood from the way he sings?
2: Probably not.
0: I mean, I can.
2: But I'm pretty sure he's been in a choir at some point in his life. He has some amount of, oh, I'm gonna make my vowels tall and I'm going to try to take a deep breath for this note. And that's what I mean by technique. It's what you do physically to make the sound happen in the same way that like a clarinetist has technique, which is how they move their hands and like what they do with their body and their mouth and their embouchure to make the clarinet sound the way that it does. Uh, Singers do the same thing. You just can't see any of it in the past have often critiqued people for vocal technique. And I am coming to a point where I'm trying to figure out sort of the difference between, like the lowest bidder isn't going to be going for a classical style technique, but I can hear that classical style a little bit in the John Eric song. Um, It's just the way that they are forming their sounds with their throat, with their mouth, and the way that it sounds.
0: They're singing with the bottom of their bellies, more or less. Yeah. Is that what you're saying?
2: Yeah, and, like, I personally think that good breath support should be true no matter what kind of style you're doing. Whether it's country or classical or church music or screamo or anything like that. Like, I literally... I had a student once who was a screamo singer, screamer person. And we spent a lot of time just talking about breath support so that he didn't lose his voice by the end of the night. I will always tell people that their breast support could be better. Like John Eric in the middle of the song, I thought your breast support could have been
0: better. Now we're kind of on a tangent, but let's go on this tangent for for a couple more seconds. Is that the difference between singing with your head and singing with your chest?
2: That's actually a fun distinction. It's not. So head voice and chest voice are two distinctly different vocal mechanisms that happen in your throat. So your vocal cords are actually a pair of tiny little muscles that are crossing your trachea and basically work like the opening of a balloon where if you pull it and it makes that sound. That's literally what your vocal folds are. Folds being the more anatomically correct term than cords. The way that you get different notes is like with a rubber band if you pull it tighter it gets higher or with like strings in a piano the thicker they get the lower they are in the same way you can beef up the size of them by flexing the muscles that are in those folds that's using your chest voice or you can stretch them by pulling a piece of cartilage down with a different muscle, which stretches them out, and that's your head voice. And that is a very anatomical explanation of head voice versus chest voice.
0: Awesome. I'm probably going to have to cut that, but... No, you should keep it. It's so
1: it's so nice to hear someone actually talk. Like, I know these things, but could not explain them at all to well, anybody. Well,
0: maybe I won't cut uh, it then. I don't know.
1: Please do. I, the only thing I, I know when we talk... From, like, I feel like when we talk about head voice versus chest voice, I feel like people also sort of lump in... Uh, really going for high notes and we're on John Eric so that's a great like John Eric hits a lot of high notes and I think people a lot of times when they go for high notes will lift their head up to try to stretch their neck because they have this idea that yeah I have vocal cords and rubber bands and if I stretch them out it'll make it better and that actually is just damaging to you so you you shouldn't just lift your head up and try and sing to the ceiling you should still keep your head level and instead raise something else so like I raise my eyebrows all the time when I have to go for a high note or I'll stand on my my toes and like lift the rest of me up uh, to avoid damaging my throat by trying to restrict my throat.
2: Yeah, and actually, this is a really great song to talk about this on because John Eric does a really good demonstration of head voice and chest voice at the very end with his high notes. The first one, chest voice, belting, for sure. A little bit of a mix between the two, but it's mostly, it's chest dominant. The second one in falsetto, that's head voice.
0: I guess the way I would characterize John Eric's vocals in my layman description would be that whatever he's singing, whatever it is could be just a random example about checking facebook he will sing at a 10 with the fullest emotion in his body which is a good thing right yeah that's what you gotta do absolutely it was a competition baby you gotta go for it anyhow i think this song just seems to move through different parts that kind of didn't know where they were Going And I noticed this with a lot of songs this round, a lot of us, myself included, were having difficulty with the transitions and stuff. Parts in a bond theme, what does that even mean? So, fixing the mix, burying the vocals just a, a little bit more, and also giving the piano a richer, maybe some reverb tone on it. Uh, the the piano is just super buried.
2: Up next we have the lowest bitter.
0: I'm a government
2: killer,
0: I do
2: anything I want. I'ma need
0: someone cat law. I do anything I want. And what the fuck are you gonna do about? Alright, that was the lowest bitter. This is an interesting fun song, it's got some great instrumental change-ups. The mix itself is a bit off. Uh, The vocals are, if I recall correctly, they're too quiet at some parts and too loud at other parts. They're also not delivered on key, at least in the beginning. I like the chorus at the end. Overall the vibe of the song reminds me of Animal Collective. I think the biggest thing that sticks out to me is that this song
1: is not the theme at all, but I don't disagree with the take.
0: Oh yeah, it has to be a Bond song, doesn't it?
1: Right, so this is a Bond song but not a Bond theme. And yeah normally I'm like, oh this is a Bond theme, like throw it out. But it's also like it's a critique of Bond, especially in the critique that like Bond's kind of a terrible person, which I mean he is. I appreciate that take. I think if someone was like, Oh Bond's cool and that was the whole deal, I'd be like, Alright, this, this song's terrible. This is Bond's actually a bad person and don't really pay attention to Bond.
0: You need a bad person to fight bad people.
1: Do you not know what's happening right now? No, that's not no. Let's move on. Org. That's what I'm stuck on, is that I don't know how to feel about the challenge take that I'm not really sure... I don't, I don't have anything else to say about, like, the musical take or the vocal take or anything. So, Abigail, please, take it. Take well, it so me. as
2: far as, like, the challenge take goes, look, I'm gonna just stand here and say, you said Bond theme, which has multiple meanings. I took it to mean, and most people took it to mean, like, something that would play over the credits at the end of a Bond movie. But, you could also say that the theme of this song was Bond. So... It falls within the challenge.
1: And don't forget, he is your competitor.
2: I thought he did a terrible job. <laughs> he should have written this song for a movie.
0: <laughs> if I wrote about investing in U.S. bonds, would that qualify too?
2: Personally, I would say yes.
0: In the Nuke Skyblaster style of round one,
1: it was just all sexual innuendo the whole time. It, that was It was masterful. I would totally be here for it. Otherwise, it would have been awful when I would have thrown it out.
2: But yeah, I thought that the lyrics were funny, and I appreciated the disdain for the Bond character. When, uh, towards the beginning, he said, fuck a femme fatale and run. I was like, I guess that's supposed to be satirical, but like, it still feels a little off.
0: Sounds like instructions. It belongs in the handbook. I mean, it's what he (laughs) does, so. But like,
2: then 30 seconds later, he says, because I'm a fucking asshole. I was like, there it is. This this song is hilarious.
0: Too many F-bombs. What happened?
2: Personally, i thought the song was a bit short i would have liked more of it with a little bit more of a shift between tones and different sections i didn't feel that it was very bond theme personally but i thought it was a great lowest bitter song
0: all right uh up next we've got mandibles Woo-hoo. or I'll abigails
2: your world, your soul. call me old i'll swallow you whole. i've the cut to do what i need When I'm at the top, you will be the one on your I mean, clearly this song is the best one. It should be number one.
0: This is the first time we're going to critique somebody's song in front of them.
2: Don't pull punches. Who isn't me. I would like to remind you that I'm used to being critiqued in a musical sense. Please, rip it to shreds.
1: I've voiced this question with the other judges, and I have been told that... What I wanted is what other people didn't want, so lots of salt here. Grains of salt, not, not salty salt. I am interested in, in why the verses have that distorted slash muted sound to them, because I feel like of all the people who are going to do the Bond theme, I thought you... We're going to deliver the best Bond theme because, again, I Aretha Franklin just wailing it and full-blown vocals and just going for it, just going for it. And I feel like this is one of the most muted songs in the whole round. Abigail, do you see how much I have to cut? <laughs> so I, got, I, I want to know what what the reason is behind the muted verses because I I don't necessarily
0: agree with them. I I will second this criticism. The, there is an FX on those voices. It is pointy on my ears. Why are you stabbing my earballs?
2: I apologize for stabbing your earballs. This song, I was attempting to learn vocal distortion. There was some really terrible vocal distortion on the choruses that was trying to emulate what Rain does. It sounded terrible. It sounded like a bad mic. I got rid of it.
0: With just an FX, right?
2: Yeah, like EQ, stuff, and logic.
0: You aren't singing in the distorted register, right?
2: I mean, it depends how you consider distorted register. Just say no. No. Whatever you did last week is not what I did. Personally, I was trying to make it sound like an old-timey, vintage transistor radio is the name of the filter that I put on it sound in the verses. I think it sounds okay. I am new to it, though, and I am glad with where it got, but it's not the final place where I would have wanted it to go. I probably should have taken it off of the subsequent verses to like just have the opening verse have that transistor radio sound and then have the rest of them be straight.
0: I think you did a pretty good job with this song. It does capture the vibe, but I will second Ben's criticism about the effects on the voice. And that might just because your headphones aren't giving you a accurate portrayal of everybody else's headphones. Welcome to the audioengineeringclub.com. And also, your vocals are very, 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 very loud in the mix. And so I think my biggest deep criticism here is that you are fighting with the instrumentation. In that you're kind of trying to make the song vocal-driven, but the instrumentation is trying to make the song instrumentation-driven. Like, the instrumentation doesn't want to go along with you. Which probably sounds like a paradox because you were involved in both. So the first thing I'd try is to, yeah, take the FX off the vocals or put a different FX on. I get the effect you were going for there, it was just a little sharp. Pull that off, put the vocals a little bit more in the mix, and then honestly cut half the lyrics. Might have made enough space for everything. But I I really like the jazz, the brass, like the horns. It's definitely got that Bond motif and it's fun too.
1: I want to go on record and say that I disagree with half of what you said there, Mike. I have no problem with the effect in the song itself is fine. I just feel like, and to be really short, my, my complaint slash questioning is purely a stylistic choice and not a technical choice. I wanted the whale. I wanted the whole whale. And I thought you were the person who's going to be the whole whale and you didn't. And I am sad about it. But,
2: Honestly, do you want me just to sing Goldfinger right now?
1: Uh, kind of, yes. Can we... Do we have time for that? We don't... I mean, totally don't have time.
2: Goldfinger! He's the man with the mightest touch! That's what I was going for, but I didn't get it.
1: Ah,
0: uh, That's exactly what I wanted. I just want... I just want that. Th- that's wail. that's how many words? And you had how many words? Just, <laughs> just saying. Just saying. Like, you're trying to put out too many words in this, in my opinion.
1: So I actually agree with that sentiment that sentiment but i don't think it's just a mandible's problem i think it's like most our contestants yes yes
0: i as i posted in the thread why are people putting small novellas in the lyrics thread
2: it's true everybody was trying to tell the movie that they wrote about
0: and bond themes have like what 10 words in them
1: yeah it's just it's all about the feeling the emotion it's it's purely about the sound it's not at all about the lyrics themselves
2: and up next we have max bombast.
0: so that was max bombast take on a bond theme he kind of goes for a dissonance riff and then uh Pulls a lot of old Max Bombast tricks. It's very reminiscent of other Max Bombast songs. I think this song was probably hard for him to write. The dissonance on that main riff, it's a fun riff, but the dissonance is a little much for me, especially on the first listen. Repeat listens, I can kind of get behind it, but I think a lot of people had the same problem, which is making a Bond theme requires you to write in a key that you aren't particularly used to that has... A lot of dissonance at times, but also resolves itself. Anyhow, it's hard for me to find the melodic thread uh, at first with this one, but that's not uncommon for a lot of the songs this round. Some of the lyrics are also a little bit cringy, like took an oath and authority I represent. I just wrote woof, I'm sorry, Max. I do like it. I like the bridge and the outro, bridge slash outro. I think the bridge ended up being an outro because you were like, "Whatever, I need to get this song in." Correct me if I'm wrong. That seems like one of the, the more polished sections to me.
1: I yeah. So to echo that sentiment, I feel like this is this is very much a Max bombast song and not a Bond theme. Um, and then you also have like I think it's it's like first-person perspective Bond. It's I am Bond. I am doing these things. I'm like it's basically just a recap of a lot of the a lot of the bond mythos which i mean technically I, i guess if the song is a theme about bond you did it max is another one of the artists i really expected a lot of like wailing and going for it like i know he has the vocal like strength to do it and yes if you told me max threw this together saturday night sunday morning and threw it in there i'd be like yep that that's totally fair i get that
0: i truly think a lot of the artists this round struggled with writing this song yeah a lot of the songs have really bad dissonance in the melodies it's not that they're singing off pitch it's that they aren't putting the right notes there
2: well and part of that is bond traditionally a lot of the especially older bond songs have a lot of jazzy bluesy chords with lots of dissonances built up into them and it's figuring out how to sing that and get it to sound like it's supposed to be there as opposed to sounding is this the right note that can be hard especially when you have a week
0: I would say the the easy solution is only sing one note only sing one or two notes that solves it (laughs) that's right like I know the bond theme is out of pretty much everyone's
1: wheelhouse And, and I think that's okay I just feel like this is one of the takes that does like the least amount of work to try to stretch into that range. This is very much a Max bomb Pass song. And it's good. It's a nice song. It's a good song. But it's sort of like one of the lowest attempts to stretch into I'm going to make a title theme for a Bond that does all these weird jazzy things and have a lot of like it just doesn't have a lot of that.
0: I wouldn't doubt that he banged his head against his desk for a week and and ended up with this. But that's also part of this competition. That's the game. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Well, and I like I definitely agree. I do think that he was stretching himself though, and trying to get into that Bond sound. But I think he ended up stumbling more into like hard rock distortion, guitar, etc., than he did into like jazzy, bluesy Bond territory. Um, like, this feels like Max Bombast does rock as opposed to Max Bombast does Bond. Does
0: rock? What? I mean, doesn't he do rock Which a lot? is Which is Max Bombast does not Max Bombast.
2: Max Bombast songs are, like, they're always really pretty. You know, like, there's the pretty side of rock that, like, goes toward classic rock and folk rock. And then you have, like, hard rock that's getting into metal. And it felt like he was going farther in that direction. I see
0: what you're saying. Yeah.
2: I am always very impressed by Max's vocals. I am very distressed that he didn't get his T's to line up on want in the chorus. That really stuck out to me <laughs> from the first listen.
0: Wow. He really set those expectations high.
2: He's usually so on top of those sorts of things, and they're wide panned, so it's like TTT, like in a bunch of different directions.
0: Why do you think I did this song I did last week? I'm like, I got I got this singer right here.
2: I don't blame you.
0: I mean, it's, it's still better than whatever Max did. I think it was round
1: one or round two where there's just lots of mouse sounds. Like, it's, it's still better than that, at least. So, Max, please don't go backwards. It's fine if you miss some T's. Don't don't do, give me all the, all the rest of the mouse sounds, please.
2: And, like, for what it's worth, I did really like the driving distorted guitar and bass combo. I did like the sound that he had. It just wasn't super Bondy. It was a great Max bomb
0: He needed to go more blues mm. or more minor and he kind of got stuck with dissonance And that's why you're saying hard rock That's how I would characterize it
2: Also it ends abruptly
0: well, you, you gotta send it in at some point Fair enough Up next we've got Micah Summersmith With his accordion window, sea shanty There's a footfall on the floor There's a creaking Round the corner There's a tapping At the door If you Hear a noise in the night.
2: this song was really fun and it felt like bond to me i personally thought he did a really good job of balancing everything it felt like the instruments are present and his voice was present and it didn't feel like either was being buried by the other and then if you listen to the mix there were a little bit of like there were some easter eggs in there where it's like there's a Bond accordion in the background of this song, which I was charmed by. Um, I thought that his high note was really great, and I really liked his playout.
1: Every time I hear this song, the first thing I think about is: this is if if Bond was a luchador, this is a Bond theme. Yes. And then if Bond was a cowboy this is a bond theme it's half accordion and half Micah's, a very sea shanty voice Micah is destined for sea shanties that's not true Micah do do all the things but God I want I love Micah sea shanties and accordion but it's that's literally what I thought of I, I have nothing else to say that's just
0: you said you had a lot to say and now you say that's all you have to say
1: I'm sorry it's the thing that I like will never back down from is, Micah, you made Bond into either a cowboy or a luchador, and I love it, but I can't, I have nothing else to say. It's so stuck in my head. That's all I'm focused on.
0: But why not a pirate? Yeah, okay, great. My great. My level of emotion
1: is what I mean by a lot.
2: He has a lot of feelings, okay?
1: Yes, thank you. She gets me. See? Uh-huh. Deal with it, Mike.
0: I think Micah has improved so much in the years I've been following his stuff. I'm blown away with this song, and last round too but this one also blew me away he's got a great bass tone he's got tasteful drums the mix is is good technically the only complaint i have is the guitar solos need a little bit effects or something going on Uh, just just a little sparkle of some sort he's got the lyrics hungry wolf and i wrote what did you think this song was about at chupacabra Come on, guys. You don't need to keep milking the chupacabra that's not a chupacabra. I also wrote, if you keep this up, you're going to win, and then you are going to feel empty inside because you get nothing for staying indoors for the few good days we can go outside in Wisconsin. <laughs> but I, I really, I think Micah's a contender for the uh, finale.
2: I personally really like Micah's tone. I always think that he has a lot of fun with the songs. He reminds me so much of a, what I believe a troubadour was. His sound always transfers me to like, being on some Riviera in olden day Europe, listening to a guy in his accordion just singing in a bar for tip. As someone who plays a lot of D&D, that's a high compliment.
0: Oh no, oh no, oh no, oh no. No, I'm I'm excited, I (laughs) love Oh my God, what have I done?
1: I've put two that's right. You, you essentially brought a better version of me onto the show, Mike. Like, what are you going to do?
0: Kick you off? I wouldn't
1: blame you. That's totally
0: <laughs> fair. You guys are going to mutiny and kick me off and then blame the other for not editing. Nah,
1: we we essentially just say we all love the same thing. It would be a really <laughs> boring show. It a great friendship, but a really boring show.
2: Up next, we have Moss Moss Palace.
0: So that was Moss Palace with their take. I only say there because Sam got pulled into Aaron's endeavor here. Their take on a Bond theme. I guess Marison is back together, kind of. Or they never broke up. I don't know. I like the orchestral instrumentation. I think the singing is really, really good singing. I do not think the singing sounds like Mary Poppins, Aaron. The orchestral instrumentation has some really nice touches. The percussion, uh, whatever the arpeggio is in the second verse, it might be a harp, it might be something, really nailed the James Bond vibe. I actually read the lyrics to this one and I like the lyrics. I think they're pretty clever, pretty sharp lyrics. Now, where this song lets me down a little bit is the chorus melody. Feels like there's a constant buildup without any release or very little release, very little resolution, I believe is the technical term. Might be the chord structure, might be the melody, might might be both. It's just so unresolved that, that there's, no, there's no bang, and I need my bang. And I understand guns aren't popular, but you need the bang. We get a little bang at the end, but it's not a resounding resolution that was built up for, in my humble opinion.
2: First of all, I thought this was very Bond-like, that feeling you were having about it having a lot of tension and you wishing there was more release, that's like quintessential Bond right there. Like they always have the doo 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 doo. I felt that this did have that release, but in that calm way, I literally wrote down the mix of like calm waves on a stormy sea. You can feel the tension, but there's also a calm and a steadiness in it, which I really liked. Personally, I was very impressed by Erin's vocal delivery. I am often impressed by her mix, Marizon's mix. I'm not always completely convinced by her vocal delivery, but like in Chupacabra and like in this particular one, I think she really goes for it and really commits to singing out with her full voice, with full support, and it sounds great. When we got to the head voice part, I literally wrote, that's ballsy. And I thought she did a really good job. It reminded me a little bit of Enya and Lord of the Rings. Um, The melody of the song itself reminded me of, I don't know if any of you guys watched The Princess and the Goblin as children. High quality 80s, 90s cartoon that is not Disney. They have this song that plays throughout it. It reminded me a little bit of that. The melody did.
0: Is that a children's show about James Bond?
2: It is not. It is about a princess and a bunch of goblins. But it is similar in that it is, like, old-timey uh, cartoons with, like, classical writing in the music. I just thought, like, for me, it was, like, oh, a little bit of a nostalgia dopamine verse right there.
0: Do you think that nostalgia is talking a little bit loudly for you?
2: It might be. I mean, speaking of nostalgia, she puts in MIDI brass, and MIDI brass exclusively reminds me of Major's Mask.
0: You can actually point out that it's fake brass.
2: Yeah, because it sounds like the Deku uh, people's, uh, level. <laughs>
0: I think only, <laughs> only Ben is going to understand that joke. <laughs> I understand it's the illusion, best, but.
2: yeah, but... uh, <laughs> like good MIDI brass, but it like, it's, I always hear MIDI brass when it's in there. And a lot of these songs have MIDI brass and we were, the mandibles are going to use it, but I forgot. Um, I I thought this was a great song. It sounded like she might have been unsure once or twice when she went up to those high notes. I always say, sing out, put your breath under it. It sounded great. I really like how much she explored her range in this song, and I want more of that.
0: She happened to tell me as she was doing it, oh my gosh, I wrote this song too high and I sound like Mary Poppins. (laughs) She'll be glad to know that a vocal expert thinks that she did a great job and should do it more.
1: There's parts of the songs that are like just on her like breaking point, to her chest voice and her head voice. You can hear some of that. It's not necessarily she's struggling for it. It's just like, oh, I can tell that, that that's like right on that line. I don't know if everyone can hear that. I can always tell when I hit that point, but I have people tell me all the time that they can't tell, so I don't know if it's I still think it is ballsy, and I think it paid off. I don't don't complain. My only real complaint about the song is I feel like I, I kind of agree with Mike in that this doesn't resolve a lot, but I think it's mainly the instrumentals and not the vocals. I want a bigger swell two-thirds of the way through on some instrumentals, and then have it die out, and the vocals. I don't really want to change the vocals at all. I just want more, like just a little bit more instrumentation right near the end, like after the bridge, or in the bridge, just build up, give me the big old swell, come right back down, and I think it'd be perfect.
0: I think if the melody just came down instead of up in a couple places, it...
1: No. No, I think the, the intro, the introduction to instrumentation is exactly what I want. Like, it starts out Perfect for me. It's like yes, this is a Bond theme. Yes, I'm doing all the all the right instrument sounds. I'm doing all the right instrument styles. It's like I love it. Don't change the don't change the intro. I just need a little more build, a little more resolution, a little little more swell in that bridge and that that last chorus. Pull it back, and you got it.
0: Well, you kind of agree with me, but you don't agree with me. That's fine.
1: I think I disagree with your implementation, but I agree with your theory. So up next for all good is Nick and trust everybody
0: that you meet. Oh We used to feel
2: so we can smile and ten years. So that was Nick Soma that we just listened to. I personally loved that bass riff. I really enjoyed it. I loved the vocal delivery too. This is another one of those, everybody seems to be really trying hard to bump up their vocal deliveries for this particular challenge. And I thought Nick Soma did a great job. This is gonna sound weird, but a lot of times with these songs, my brain goes, huh, that sounds like this thing from Dr. Horrible's sing-along blog. And I think in some points in this song, he sounds like Nathan Fillion singing in that show.
0: I think somebody made me watch that oh, at one point. God.
1: Mike, can we keep her? Can we just have her on every single episode, please? Just for me. I know it's just for me. but
0: If it were only one of you, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I can only handle one of you at a time on a regular basis. I mean, I'll seek my spot.
2: So, I liked his vocal delivery. I liked his face. I thought that the brass was very polished. I wanted to have the vocal a little bit higher in the mix just in the chorus because it felt buried in the chorus. To me, a Bond theme should have the title very prominently placed in the chorus so that it is the catchiest part because it is a song that is promoting a movie. Which is why you have like, old finger, etc, etc. Stuff that is always very prominent because they're trying to get you to think, I should go see Skyfall. Of course. It's stuck in my head. Admittedly, mandibles didn't do that very much, and I thought that Nick Soma did a really good job of making carte blanche forefront.
0: So you just built up that whole paragraph to say he did nothing wrong and did it very well. He did it better than you, actually. (laughs) We're not talking about me right now, okay? (laughs) Not you, her. We're not talking about mandibles right now. I
2: didn't say that. Mandibles is perfect. We should be number one. (laughs) See, there you go.
0: All right, back to Nick. (laughs) I love the chord changes in this. I don't know if I wasn't just paying attention before, but Nick has some really cool chord changes going on. He delivers a very System of a Down-like melody. I really like that. thing that I would complain about the most, and this is super nitpicky, is the hi-hat at the chorus. It's just constant, repetitive, the same sound. Turn it down, change it up, I don't care. But if that's my biggest complaint, I think this is a pretty strong song. My other note, the riff, feels very much like Paco Del Stinko, who is another neurine competitor.
2: Yeah, I can see that.
1: This is super unlucky. I feel like the biggest failing in this song is that it sounds exactly what I think next round is going to sound like. And therefore, I'm having a hard time justifying that this is what this round sounds like.
0: So you're the judge of the future.
1: I apparently. I don't mean to be. I, you're again- like
0: the Terminator come back to... <laughs> <laughs> ruin his Neurine career.
1: I'm going to try not to have that influence my actual ranking. But, like, when I think of next round, I'm just like, man, this sounds... Because cause to me, this sounds sort of like like if I was the Beach Boys, but dark, doing Bond theme, this is what I'm doing. It's weirdly upbeat and weirdly fun and carefree, but at the same time, like, super dark to me in my head. Like, that's, that's what I hear. And it's interesting as hell, because I don't know how to feel about it yet.
0: The associations that go around it in your head just... <laughs> terrify me yes
1: you're welcome that's what i'm here for i guess is to be the wild card i do think this is one of his better vocal performances i sometimes struggle with nick's vocal delivery and i feel like this whole competition he's gotten better and better each round and I, i think this is my favorite
0: to be fair if he could deliver the system of a down melody like the system of a down guy do it that's a big ask. I feel like in general for anybody, he can do it. He's a former champion, right? Oh yeah, he's won already then. Yeah, you got to go for it, bro. This is not,
1: this is only 50%. Do 100. Go for it. Just destroy whatever vocal cords you got.
2: Deep breath. Use your breath support.
1: Hold that, get that firm chest and diaphragm. Not Imagine chest, the air is
2: going out through the back of your head.
1: Lay <laughs> down, put like 20 books on your on your belly and then sit there for 20 minutes and just like exercise. Our final contestant this round is C. Man's
0: oh, yeah. yeah
2: the intro is really cool it reminds me of like a big budget video game soundtrack metroid prime echoes which i like and a little bit of Mirror. i thought that he had a really cool traveling panning in the chorus it has that at one's discretion, and then there's a response that changes each time. The response sort of travels left and right as it sings, and I thought that was a really cool effect. It is hard to make out the words, though.
0: Yeah, one of my notes is that the vocals are a bit buried in some places. They could just use a smidge of EQ probably around... the th- 3K-ish range. I don't know why I would say that.
2: It's the singer's form. It helps you cut across an orchestra.
0: Well, now now we have a reference to answer these. Now I don't sound like a pondering (laughs) idiot forever. Which is, I I mean, is that a good thing? I don't know. (laughs) So this starts off a lot like a Gravity Kills song. I'm starting to notice a trend. Last week I said the vocals sounded a bit like Gravity Kills. This week it sounds like one of their lesser-known later albums and i still liked their lesser-known later albums so i do like this i wish that i could use my random toolbox of noise the way samansky does his attention to detail is very artful some of the details more subtle than others and it it's just a subtlety and a in a level of detail that i will never i will never personally know i do like that the vocals are bringing more energy they start off a little rough, some parts are a little rough, they could use melodic variety as well, but it is Bond-themed, which means you're limited in your choices. That's a theme with all of these Bond themes.
1: I think I generally agree with both of you. I don't know Gravity Falls that well, but Nine Inch Nails is what comes to mind when I hear Samantha. Gravity
0: asking. kills! K- whatever. It's some random Gravity ass Falls band. is
2: the cartoon.
0: It's all the same. Pretty funny
2: cartoon. But
1: yeah, I mean, the sounds, I hear the Nine Inch Nails influence, like, I believe that wholly, it's, which again, it's like a, a modern-ish Bond theme thing. I mean, I don't know if I, I don't have any different opinions between the two of you, really. Basically, all I got.
0: So that was it for all of the competitors this round. Which ones do you guys pick? You go first, Abigail, because Ben talks a lot.
2: So- I really liked Cave Dwellers. Obviously, Mandibles is the best. Moss Palace stood out to me, as did Soma. So those four stood out.
0: I tend to agree with you on those. I think it depends on what scale you're using. If you're using the Bond scale, if you're using the what I like to listen to scale. Um, right. You know, just instinctually, the ones that I like, Cave Dwellers, Mica, and Nick Soma. What do you think, Ben?
1: I think this round I'm going to lean really heavily on do I think this is the opening crawl for a Bond theme? Like, I think that's how my judging is going to go.
0: Exactly what we need is more inconsistent judging. You need to be able to be cut and have an excuse why you were cut. That's right.
1: Uh, so I think, I think I'm going to lean really heavily on, I expected, an opening title crawl. This subject changed, but I think Cage I think, nailed it. Moss Palace nailed it for the most part. I'm struggling between Frankie and Mandibles as well. Those are my top four, though, I think right now. I don't know. I need to give another listener, too, because most of those songs, I feel like there's a lot of parts that I'm like, yeah, this got it. And there are some that are just like, nope, those parts don't make it at all. So we'll see. Give me a little more time. But I think I think that my top four is going to shake out in, in roughly those four and then the rest are going to fill at the bottom.
0: Yeah, I don't think I could pick out what the top four will ultimately be, but I think I could probably pick out the bottom four and that's not looking good. But we have very few people left.
1: I mean, I felt bad cutting since round zero because that was yeah, way too many. Was, but... shut,
0: shut up. <laughs> <laughs> so glowworm was immune this round. Let's let's uh, let's say something about his song. This world was now it's your So go play.
1: I knew I really wanted a glowworm song this round. I joked about tanking glowworm a little bit so that we glowworm had to submit so thank you glowworm for doing it anyway um because i was mad when you took your immunity last time
0: alex claire's pretty busy there's a lot I mean, to do yes
1: <laughs> yes yes alex is busy i'm glad alex showed up for this i like this uh, this is one of the ones i think i love the inspiration a little bit more than the vocal delivery but i'm not sure i can commit to that comment just yet but
0: yeah um, i i like the piano work Um, This song reminds me a little bit of Kenna at points. Do you guys know, are you familiar with Kenna at all? No, okay, well whatever, that's K-E-N-N-A. Until it turns into Westworld at the one minute 20 mark, it sounds exactly like the Westworld intro song. And at that point, I was like, I wanna hear the rest of the Westworld intro and not (laughs) what's going on here. No offense, Glowworm, I think you put together a pretty good song and it's performed very well. But like a lot of the songs this round, it kind of didn't know where its groove was going. So it's hard to find that melodic thread. Uh, it's kind of all over and it's it's slow. So, it, you know, that's that's two things working against it.
2: This to me felt like another breakup song more than a Bond theme. They're immune, so it doesn't matter. So with that rising and falling Bond theme that comes up through the years, they do the first half of that, but then they just keep going up instead of coming back down, which was like part one of making me feel, this doesn't feel very much like a Bond theme. Then in the chorus, when he's was like, uh, go and play, I'm not really sure what the lyrics are there because they are not posted. That right there, I was like, oh, here's the Bond. And then it cuts out almost immediately and goes back to the soft, calm music. I wanted a little bit more of that Bond feeling. just I've been in a Bond mood for a week for some reason.
0: You're not a judge and you read the lyrics. Well, yes. All of the
2: lyrics? It, when I write reviews, I usually do.
0: Oh, I'm sorry. Anyway, continue.
2: Yeah, I thought that the lyrics themselves were beautiful, what I could hear in them. Like, there is a part where he says, you took away my wings, you were in the air, and I was in the way. I thought that was beautiful. Um, I fell for all your beautiful lies. I thought that was beautiful. Sometimes I had trouble hearing some of the other words, so I can't know if they were beautiful or not. I'm sure they were. And the falsetto is really pretty. Again, like, this is a good glowworm song. It's not my favorite glowworm song yet, but it's a good glowworm song. It's not very much a Bond theme for me.
0: It's a murderous robots theme. It's Westworld. (laughs) <laughs> right?
2: <laughs> yeah. Sure. Do, you,
0: do you guys hear that?
1: Yeah, I think we're all saying this. I think the first verse and the first chorus is like, "Yep, this is gonna be the thing we want," and then it, it just repeats itself, and then it's like, "Nope, you lost it." And he didn't. Yeah. Either more build or more change or something different, and not. It is a glowworm song. Absolutely. But, but those totally chords
0: great. are Westworld, right? Or, or oh yeah,
1: that piano, that that sharp piano, absolutely is. Uh, I mean, it's also. I think Hannibal does the same thing. There's a lot of TV shows now that are doing that. That whole.
2: Thing,
0: so thing An- Anthony Hopkins is the common thread. I, I would not surprise me if that was his demand.
2: I mean, I have a note here that the piano feels a little classical at, at times, mainly because of that 4-3 suspension they do towards the end of the verse. It feels like Counterpoint going to write a Bach corral.
0: You're, are you a Westworld? Are you familiar with Westworld?
2: It's on my watch list. I have not seen it yet. It's all
0: right. We should move
1: on. So the rest. Are, so our shadows then... So these are all the folks who still aren't aren't in right now. Still spitting songs. Thank you. Please keep doing that. Up first is Girlfriend
0: Mike.
2: Just like listening to these for the podcast... I respect the judges a lot <laughs> for getting...
0: I mean, you don't, know if, they're, you don't know if they're picking random numbers. You don't know.
2: <laughs> I know Glenn uh, isn't. We, we uh, find
0: a judge who's like consistent. ranking them in alphabetical <laughs> order every week.
1: <laughs> I mean, I have noticed a trend. If you're at the top or the bottom of the alphabetical list, you tend to do worse and get cut earlier than if you're in the middle. Just like is a general across all the years generally ends up being true so that was with mike mike do you want to tell us about your
0: song this song needs a chorus <laughs> 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 needs somewhere to go something you know what what's it called a co- oh yeah a chorus it needs one of those no it doesn't i feel like the best bond themes have no chorus they're just they're just
1: people wailing the whole time no chorus just go for <laughs> it that's not true but you know
0: i want it I don't know, I started a song, I submitted a song. I barely submitted a song. It is in.
2: fair. The guitar felt like Bond. The lyrics are a little too narrative for a Bond song in my heart. I feel like it ends too soon. And yeah, I can see what you mean. Like it needs a catharsis somewhere to like really wail.
0: I was gonna write a, a chorus and I ran out of time and uh, and then I just looped what I had. But the chorus that I had in mind you can you can hear it already. Just put on Alanis Morissette's "One," <laughs> from from supposed former infatuation junkie album. Just put that on, and that's kind of what it, I was going for. I mean, you're not wrong. This is this is very much a '90s. It is very surprising how similar to a Bond song Alanis's song is. This is this is all Brosnan is the Bond here,
2: absolutely. <laughs> yeah. This sounded like a really great idea that got shadowed halfway through making it, and then it was like, there is no more fire under my ass, which I totally get.
0: Yeah, exactly. My original idea, I wanted to do something worse. I wanted to do something (laughs) where I would sing carte blanche and then just go carte blanche and have that echo and just be like (laughs) totally cheesing it up to eleven. Because I couldn't do anything after last week. Last week was really rough. So, you know, it was going to be a song regardless.
2: Well, it is a song. It is that.
0: Yeah, I don't think I have
1: anything to add.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a song. All it's right. a song. I do
1: love the drums. I, I absolutely love the drums. I do want to iterate that. Oh, that thank I, you. I love the drums.
2: Let me um, just take a moment to talk about your song last week. I loved it. I thought it was phenomenal. I am shocked that you got out. Just wanted to say that.
0: I I appreciate it. Up next, we've got Hot Pink Halo.
1: You know, I just realized, and this is a really dumb thought, and really should have happened like an hour ago, but I just realized that since you now live in Pennsylvania, I can't make you come hang out and play D&D with me,
0: Abigail. And I'm very sad about that. (laughs) All of my D&D
2: is
0: online these days. Pan D&D.
2: You got a problem with fun?
0: (laughs) Mike's just bitter, that's all. He doesn't know how to roll dice. No, no,
2: He's grumpy.
0: (laughs) Ain't nobody yes. got time for
1: that. All right. That is hot pink Halo. Staying hot and staying pink.
0: Whoa, whoa. This is a kid's show, Ben.
1: Oh, sorry. Staying lukewarm and magenta, I guess. I don't know what you want.
2: I feel like magenta was worse.
1: But, I mean, I I usually make things worse when I do them a second time. That's <laughs> just my life.
2: That's what she said.
1: Whoa. Whoa. <laughs>
0: We're getting pretty punchy here.
1: <laughs> as long as it's on me, it's okay. Um, so Hopping Halo, I don't, I'm don't, i not sure how much I have to say about Hopping Halo other than this is a, a Hopping Halo song for sure. I don't know how much of a Bond theme this would be, though. So, um, slash at all? Can I say that? I don't know if I can say that.
2: She and Owl had this back and forth. Owl mentioned something about, oh, the best hard metal song in Denton, and I think that's what she was going for with this. But I didn't read the lyrics, because I ran out of time, so I can't say for sure.
0: When secret agents are on a mission, they waltz, so I think it's legit. Yeah. It's 3-4, it's a waltz. She mentioned
2: Cate Blanchett, maybe it's like she's talking about seeing the movie.
0: I mean, I can see the intro to this Bond movie where he's he's dancing with a a beautiful duke's wife. The duke has a nuke, not just because it rhymes. But he has a nuke, okay? And he's giving it to Chechen rebels or something. And Bond has to stop him. And I can see this movie. I can see where this song applies.
2: But does the Duke nuke him?
0: Go home, Abigail. Go home.
2: <laughs> I'm already there.
0: We're done. <laughs> They're done. That's it. Now I'm we're done. having our moment, okay? Oh, oh God. All oh, that hurt. <laughs> my, my biggest problem here is that like a lot of hot Pink Halo songs I've heard, she has trouble with some of the notes, getting them on key, and I understand kind of the styling she's going for here. It's kind of like a, a piano man or something, you know, a, a little bit of a conversational style, I'm going to say. yeah, uh, But you still have to be be on pitch for that. So it's probably good that they're a little buried in the mix, but in, in a perfect world, I'd, I'd raise them out of the mix a little bit more.
2: I agree with you that Hot Pink Halo has trouble um, getting the voice to do what she wants it to do. It always sounds a little bit timid. It always sounds a little unsure. Not always, but it often sounds a little timid and a little unsure. Personally, I think that a lot of that can be solved by supporting the breath more. I mean, I cannot see her recording setup, but I'm imagining she's sitting while she's singing and I think she should stand up, make sure that her back is straight and not hunched over so that she can get a full breath and really get that well, well supported sustain.
0: Have you considered sitting when you deliver your vocals?
1: No, don't put that terrible idea in her head, Mike. Go away. Go home. Mike, I don't wanna hear that shit. I am home. I can't don't go. Don't dare else. touch. Don't you dare touch those local lo- No. No.
2: But yeah, no. so in the speak singing that she does, she actually sounded more supported than she does in her regular singing. And I think it's because she was a little bit more confident in what she could do because she wasn't trying so hard and being so timid in that singing delivery so just like naturally she is used to speaking she's used to projecting what she speaks she was able to get that support i want her to put more of that into her singing
0: mm-hmm. you know i uh, i don't know if this this also plays into it maybe you can also add something to what i'm about to say i noticed that at the chorus, her vocal delivery was the opposite of syncopated, in that it was constantly on beat. And it could use a little more, I don't know if it, it necessarily has to be syncopation, but holding syllables and stuff.
2: Feeling it more rather than trying to be perfect every single time. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree.
1: Moving on then. Next up, we have Liking <laughs> And, not knowing my taste, read it more than I could watch and let me pick. Like would choose the films that we would view. I'd never seen James Bond. so
2: I and and I have never met except that we collaborated last week. But for like the last year and a half, I have been following Like and Throat's progression as a singer basically since the spin tunes where we had to write about space aliens because the first time i ever heard one of the lycanthrope songs and took note of it i was like this guy has really good musical sense he writes really good songs but doesn't follow through with the singing it was very it was very unsupported it was mumbled not very well enunciated and i have listen to his progression as a singer and just come leaps and bounds forward. And I am completely delighted by listening to him improve as a singer because it just drives home my feeling that fuck the big producers. Literally anyone can sing. It's a skill, not a God-given gift that you can work towards making better. I was completely and utterly charmed by this song. I thought the singing parts were pretty good, but I thought that the speaking parts were really oddly charming. Um, And I think that's probably partially because I love the timbre of his voice, and he is speaking through those sections. And you can just hear the gravelly, low, good timbre of his voice. I also think it's a fun story, where it's just, I got to do this fun thing as a kid.
0: Is it a Bond theme? What? Can you explain the song to me?
2: It is a Bond theme in that a Bond movie is mentioned at some point in the song. <laughs> the story is this. He and his family go to visit his grandparents when he is a kid. His dad needs surgery, so they have to stay there for a whole week. His aunt lets him watch Bond movies, and the surgery gets postponed, so they have to stay there even longer, and he asks for updates, and his grandmother, who's usually cranky, thinks that he cares about his dad and lets him do whatever he wants, including, as Lycanthrope put it, leaving vegetables on his plate. And he has a great week with his mom, hanging around in Southern California on the beach, doing whatever he wants, because he has a carte blanche. I found it to be really charming.
0: I will agree with one thing. I like his speaking voice, and I was actually astounded that it's not the same as his singing voice, because I thought that he was speaking the whole time, every time he was singing. Honestly, I thought that that's the way he would talk normally, but that that's not not the case. He would be a great narrator, especially for a Bond movie.
2: Oh, yeah. Well, and that's the whole thing with what I was saying about Hot Pink Halo, we're more confident in our speaking voice, but here's a quick secret for everybody out there. Your speaking voice and your singing voice are the same voice. You only have one.
0: Oh, I'm so sorry, everybody. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but that means that if, like, if you're able to ask a question where your voice goes up at the end, you're not tone deaf. You can hear the difference in pitch.
0: You make a good teacher.
2: Thank you. I did it for a short period of time.
0: Very encouraging.
2: It, my least favorite thing is when someone says, I can't sing, and then they never sing.
0: That also is one of my pet peeves, as is when people say, I'm not good at math, I'm not good at this, I'm not good at that. You could be, you just aren't, haven't chosen to do it, haven't found the way to do it.
2: And like, singing and music doesn't have to be everybody's Adele. You could just sing to yourself for the pure joy of it. And that's what I want for everybody in the world.
0: I wonder what would happen if Throat did rap. The thing about the lichen throat vocals here, I do notice that rhythmically they're just they're not always on beat. And I think rap would not only be a good genre, but it would be a good way to practice getting the rhythm and stuff. So I essentially
1: want to echo everything, basically. Uh, I also think lichen throat's gotten significantly better over the past couple years. Uh, enunciation, especially, I think, is always the thing I I've said things about. Um, and uh, this year, I've I've not had that complaint once this entire competition this year i don't necessarily know if i agree with rap but i very much get the narrator gravelly voice honestly i think if he did a william chatner impression i would cackle for hours uh because
0: it'd be so good and so funny and also unique yeah he's got a very unique voice and like hearing the speaking voice just it, it makes me go wow where, where has this been hiding
1: and then the only other thing i have to say is that uh yeah you should sing more everyone who says they can't sing it helps to go to karaoke where you can drink. You'll feel less self-confident about it. So
0: Just don't drive home.
1: Don't drive home. Go get drunk karaoke, which is what I love about karaoke.
0: Miscellaneous Owl. I
2: know that I should probably...
0: I first re-listen to this uh, since earlier today. I think mastering would go a long way on this one. Just that final final coat of polish. Anyway, the intro a little rough, but I like where it goes with interesting instrumentation. Changing between busy and uh, not busy sections. There's, a, there's good contrast there, there's good storytelling there. The singing gets better as the song goes on, And so I think it's just a matter of a a warming up that kind of hurt the the beginning of the song. The other note I have is the word suit is begging for harmonies. You'll know what I mean.
2: Yeah, I can hear that. This song reminded me a lot of the vowel sounds, color me blank from last year, specifically like she uses some samples that are the same like that sound, sorry, that I just had to salt your ears with that.
0: Are you talking about the the breathy sound?
2: No, no, it's it's this instrument. It's like um, it's like those noisemakers you have at oh. like New Year's.
0: Oh, uh, okay.
2: That sound they use in that other song, and there were some other things that, to my ear, drew parallels. And that was my favorite song from the Ouija verse, so I'm not complaining. This song felt to me like a Zorro Bond mashup. Like if you took those two worlds and put them together.
0: What's Zorro?
2: The Mask of Zorro.
0: Oh, Zorro? Yeah, Zorro. Is that an accent thing? Like a Pennsylvania accent thing?
2: It's not Pennsylvania. It's my mother who always had to say horrible instead of horrible and Florida instead of Florida.
0: Where's your mother from?
2: Massachusetts. Okay, that makes sense. Check it out.
0: There's like a H-X-A-R-O thing on Song Fight that I just wanted to make sure it wasn't, it wasn't oh, a reference yeah. yeah. To that.
2: No, I, don't I mean know like the movie. <laughs> I mean like the movie book franchise, like.
0: Yeah, I, I love Zoro.
2: Yeah, it, it felt to me like that was sort of the R L scape that we were getting there, and that time wasn't an accent. I mean A U R A L. I thought that the choirs on what he wants me is great, and then they continue on that chromatic descending line that she has, which I also loved throughout the song. It felt very Bond. me when i was listening to it earlier today i have a note here that says i like how it makes me feel squirmy in a patriarchy kind of way and what i mean by that
1: (laughs) is pass
2: (laughs) what i mean by that is i actually found that this song and moss palace songs were very similar in terms of where they were coming from it's from the perspective of the femme fatale who is in this relationship with bond which is not a healthy relationship so the difference between the two for me is that the moss palace song is completely buying into it yeah i love you bond you're great whereas this one is more of this is really bad and the patriarchy is bad, and I need to disentangle myself, but I'm not sure that I can. And I feel like they were both trying to get towards that. I prefer how the miscellaneous owl song got to it.
1: Yeah, I don't. I don't know if I have much. Yes, you you you're all are much better judges and critics than I am. Um, I think, <laughs> though. I mean, I think the one thing I say about this one, and it's the same that's another, in that again, I'm, I'm sort of really leaning on. I want a bond opening title crawl and this doesn't feel like it's really going for that specifically. Um and again it's it's in the instrumentation I need like a little more swell, a little more like let's build up to something. This does do a lot of like back and forth. I can kinda see the Zorro thing you're talking about. I probably agree with it. I need to go back to some Zorro. It's been a long time.
0: Yeah. We need to have a Zorro night with Antonio Banderas. Yes, I'll
1: call him up. I know he, hes my personal trainer.
0: Nice.
1: think its just back and forth, and like I don't—I don't, I don't want to say it's the verse and the chorus. It's like it's in each of those. There's this back and forth, but I don't want that for this challenge specifically. Um, I just want to like not necessarily a continuous build, but like a, a destination, and I feel like we're we don't have one here.
0: It goes back and forth, but it never one side doesn't triumph. Is—is is that what you're saying?
1: I don't have the Adele, Aretha wailing conclusion sound that I want that again no one has so I can't really complain but you know whatever
0: worst mistake I ever made
1: (laughs) (laughs) alright up next we have The Serviettes
0: I liked this
2: song but it also wasn't like the most memorable song in the list for me. I thought that they did a, I thought that they had a great use of the orchestra sample from the iconic 007 theme. Um, And I have a note here, dinosaur feet, which is a term that I first heard in description of Grumpy Mike's Color Me In last year.
0: My song was so slow, right? Is that why? Yeah,
2: but like in a good way. Uh, But I thought that this had a similar quality where it's just like, big, lumbering, unstoppable force, which I liked.
0: Yeah, I like this song. I like how the quiet piano builds to other instrumentation in this song, especially the synth. I think it's worked in very tastefully, yet on some level, I think I know that it's probably because we have a limited set of options, but I like the flavor it adds. I think when the singing is good, this song is good, the singing could bring it home for me
1: this might be my favorite Soviet song this entire competition uh, don't hold me to that i actually i actually kind of think that the the bond samples do a big disservice because they they're very recognizable they very much stand out but i i kind of feel like because there's such big sticking points in my ear it takes away from the rest of the song which is this like slow build it has like a nearly a minute of that quiet piano sort of building up to something and then we slam into that 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 big bond trumpet theme and then we pull it back because we're doing a serviette song and it's like oh why do we why do we like pull away from that like it, it just it's sort of distracting for me i wish the samples weren't so recognizable
0: i dare say that's because the samples probably sound a little more polished than the rest of the song
2: yeah i could see that I like them a lot. If it was in the fight, I would feel less permissible about it.
1: I don't know if it's a polished thing. I think it's just like, they're just so recognizable. They set up so many expectations for me. Like, I already have so many expectations going into this round on what I want a Bond
0: theme to sound like. Clearly, clearly you are impossible.
1: Yes, you. but he's just making it more impossible. Like, it's it makes it harder. When you, And it also, I feel like I noticed in, in Max 2, uh, we're doing a couple, one call out to another title, and I think there might be a couple others in this song too, and it's, I don't know, I feel like, I feel like calling out to other Bond themes. The whole die another
0: day thing that keeps coming up in in this round. I feel like
1: calls out to other themes, actively works against you, because no Bond themes. Like, to me, they all sound very different. All, every. Theme is extremely different, and calling to other ones sort of like is a detriment to you. Like I, I would have taken the other horns. Like there's other bits of those themes that are like, yep, those are totally fine. But those big, loud ones, just I can't not hear them. And then everything else, sort of like, you have to be exactly that, otherwise it, it doesn't work.
0: I wonder if the Soviets had used a sampled horn to sort of simulate that. If that had worked better, because it would at least put it in the same sort of production bracket. Next, we've got Third Cat, my personal recent favorite, I guess. Love, love me, love me some Third Cat. You've always liked Third right? Okay, I love this song, but for all the wrong reasons. this is this is this song this song is hilarious good work third cat
1: this to me is if we're doing a theme for bond getting it on with the femme fatale that one time in each movie but then also somehow made it playful yeah that's what it is it's the the most playful one night stand bond thing ever
2: this isn't my favorite Third Cat. I'm just going to put that out there. I I really like Third Cat. I have been less impressed in the last couple songs that he submitted, but I really liked the falsetto double vocal that he has going on here. And I really like the guitar solo especially when it has that stop and start sort of record scratch feeling to it, which I feel like gets more into like classic third cat sound. Mm-hmm. But otherwise, like it felt a little muted. That synth, that did like that was so weird. Like I have written down, what a weird synth. <laughs> it feels like a joke. <laughs> let me,
0: let me give it to you straight. I don't love this song, but the gusto to put in this song in this round where everybody's doing minor key everybody's doing dissonance you put in a song that sounds that sounds happy
2: (laughs) but I mean like you're exactly right that that's like he takes the bond theme makes it like four times as fast as it usually is makes it you know whole steps instead of half steps and it's
0: Third cat is just it's an so agent funny. of chaos and I <laughs> I love chaos. I love true. me some good chaos and this is outside this competition I don't like this song very much probably. But inside this competition this makes my heart swell 3 times greater because everybody's writing these these really slow, sad or or introspective or minor key songs and this this is just a happy song that embraces whatever the hell it embraces. I could say the mixing is a bit off or it needs more piano. I could say the vocals aren't selling it, but I laughed my ass off. It is what it is. Good work, Third Cat.
1: All right, then. Let's, uh, let's round it out with our final shadow, Vom Vorten, one of our other judges. She comes home
2: late
0: at night and
2: spies a silhouette. it felt like bond but like with a lowercase b the chords in the intro and interlude they're bondy but one of them is really out of place to my ear it's hopeful with a question mark it's strange to me It, it feels out of place as far as bond goes it feels very in place as far as vom goes speaking of vom versus bond His vocals are very not Bond to my ear, but he is so serious and so um, he's working really hard to get that Bond sound, which I respect and I think he did a good job of it. He has a different style of voice, which I really like, but when I hear him sing, I'm always going to go back to his Superman song from like two years ago. So I thought he did a really good job of taking his voice, which is so upbeat and so peppy and so fun, and making it serious and dark and Bond-like for this song.
0: I think everything was done very tastefully. The instrumentation was tasteful. I think it kind of falls into the Frankie big face bucket of these songs in that it's the artist doing a Bond theme, which is exactly what we want. I personally can't get past the scooping vocals, and you can probably give a term to that, but uh, scooping, Vom does a lot of scooping. A lot of scooping up to the note, and a lot of scooping down. Unfortunately that kind of gives it a character that does not match the music in my opinion.
1: I would echo what I think I hear both of you saying, Vom has always had a very distinctive voice. That works very well for certain songs and is not necessarily a detriment, but it sticks out more with other songs. This is what I think. I love the piano intro. It's one of my favorite intros, I think, this entire round, that piano. I love it. But it, I mean, again, I keep coming back to the, what I want in this challenge and Vom's not giving me the big old whale. So then we fall back to a comfortable spot for Vom and it's upbeat. It's It sounds more like, I think Vom would sound great singing that third cat song. <laughs> it's just naturally so peppy. <laughs> It's a good song, I think. It's just, yeah, the natural vocal styling is just, yeah, it's just different.
0: All right, so that's it. We've gone through all the regular songs, all the the immune songs, all the shadow songs. So we should wrap it up because this is a long-ass show.
2: Sorry, I'm verbose.
1: You're vibratos. We should wrap it up with two things. I hate you both. So we do two things. Uh we should talk about next week. So next week the title is North Beach Vampires. And the challenge is you have to do the same melody in different chords? Is that what it is? I already it's forgot. Acapella. No, it's a
0: cappella section. Oh, it's a cappella one. Thank you. Sorry. <laughs> and I blame this entirely on you. Yes, blame it on me. Is this not your doing? It is my doing. I always love a cappella. Challenges. Do you realize that every instrumentation challenge is just an acapella challenge? Use two instruments. Okay, it's going to be acapella.
1: <laughs> Most of these ideas Use are Use no mine. instruments. Uh, okay, it's going to be... Suggest... Ha- Use
0: a household instrument. Okay, it's acapella. Every round I've been cut for an <laughs> instrument challenge, has has it's been by a, a buttload of acapella people. <laughs> Learn your history, Ben. <laughs> Sorry, you know I don't
1: remember things. Uh, yes, the acapella. Acapella section, I think, technically. So not the whole song has to be acapella.
0: Uh, okay, so North yes. Beach Vampires. Which means N- nothing, by the way,
1: when people ask. It, it means nothing. It's just, we went from wine to cheese to garlic to beaches to vampires. It means nothing. There's no, do what Nick Soma did this round, and I think you got my vote. That's, that's how that works.
0: Abigail, do you, do you have an idea already? You don't have to share it here, but do you have an idea? A seedling?
2: We do have a seedling of an idea. I think it's going to be good. I hope it'll be good.
0: I expect good things. I have an idea. I don't think I'll get to pull it off, so I'm just going to say it. I want to do a song about the uh, North Beach diet, which involves drinking other people's blood.
1: Yeah, I like it. I, I think no, it's that's good. brilliant.
2: I think you should do it.
1: Gotta lean into it, man. This is, I think, the campiest round we've ever done,
0: because it means nothing. Why are the judges obsessed with things that drink blood? Chupacabras suck blood. This is the second time?
2: Rare Windows, famously, up. blood-sucking. Yes, right. uh...
1: Bond was secretly a vampire the whole time. <laughs> that's how he slept with so many people. So.
0: <laughs> so, so when everybody else writes about, let's just say, string theory or werewolves... <laughs> Are you just going to accept these songs and say, oh, yeah, that's about vampires?
1: They're not, we're not in round one anymore. Can't be nice. Abigail, do you want to plug any social media or projects or anything else besides your Cybronica as part of Mandibles in Narine?
2: Oh, goodness. I have nothing at the moment aside from Narine. It's the only thing keeping me going. If you want to listen to Mandibles songs that I deem worthy of putting out into the world, SoundCloud slash Cybronica.
0: That's C-Y-M-E-R-O-N-I-C-A. Before we go, what is a perfect IPA goat? Because if you Google that, you're just going to get beer.
2: (laughs) Fair enough. Okay, you had a perfect non-diphthongy vowel. So instead of going goat, you just went goat. And it was so beautiful. It is the stuff. Of champions in the classical world because diphthongs are ugly in English and you did such a good job. I loved it.
0: This has been the new ugly. Thank you for listening and thank you to Abigail for joining us.
2: Thank you for having me. This was a blast.
0: We loved having you. We should do this more often. Yeah, maybe next week so. we'll we'll have have a guest. Yes. Or have Abigail. Or or just, or just <laughs> <laughs> permanently have Abigail. <laughs> yes. There we go. <laughs> or or just keep growing the group until we have what's that? What's that called? A listening party? <laughs>
2: <laughs> yes. This was fun. Thanks, guys.
0: Till next time, we'll. Song Songs love you. Song love, love you. you. Long, long time. Long
2: time.
0: Pause too long <laughs> I'll fix it. I'll edit it. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get it in post. <laughs> post like everything else. That's, yeah, yeah, this is a long ending. We always say
2: that to ourselves. But then it's midnight. we have to send it in.
0: Luckily, there's no <laughs> deadline. This. this is the new ugly. This, this is the new. This is the new ugly. The this, this is the new ugly. If you close your eyes, I'll show you what I made up. This is no disguise. It's nothing to be afraid of. Flying high above on the good of love. Did you do spin tunes after or before? After. Truth okay. brought
2: it up. After our Woo. first narine. Whew.
0: Glad you're not one of those spin-spin-a-mig. Spin-migrants?
2: That was awful. As someone who loves puns, that was
0: awful. Thank you. I'm so pleased with myself.